This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Tuesday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. Two games of the Stanley Cup Final are in the book and both go to the Golden Knights. Game one was a great game, great back and forth, but the Golden Knights found a way to get it done. And then last night, they put up a touchdown on the Panthers, 7-2. to Marsha Show, three points, two goals and an assist. Brett Howden also joins the party with a big goal. He's got four goals so far in the playoffs. Now five, excuse me, as he's had two last night as well. So the Golden Knights have really shown their dominance. And a couple of things that I just wanted to take from this series so far. No, I don't think it's over. I picked the Golden Knights in six. I still think Florida can answer at home here, although I do think the Magic Carpet ride is going to come to an end. But especially last night, one of the more underrated aspects of hockey to me is that first pass out of the zone. A defenseman that can move the puck out of the zone. Florida has it. Uh, excuse me, Vegas has it. Florida does not. And every pass didn't get through the neutral zone, goes off a skate. Vegas is there to intercept. There was just no way the Panthers were able to get in the zone clean unless they were on the power play. And I thought their power play actually looked pretty good last night. I think the first two power play opportunities, they went over two, but had eight shots on goal. But they are getting it up ice. They're getting odd man rushes, and they just look like the much better team right now. And you can see how frustrated the Panthers are. Look no further than Kachuk, who took two 10-minute misconducts. The last one was just to get them off the ice. There was six minutes left to go. The game was 6-2. They didn't want anything bad to happen, suspensions to take place. You know, he hit the rat. He poked a stick out of, uh, I think, Martinez's hands. He hit the rat. It was time for him to go. Because the game was already decided, and you don't want to see something bad happen. But the first misconduct, people misunderstand. So I watched a lot of social media last night, and people think that the 10-minute misconduct he got was for the hit on Eichel. It was not. It was for what happened after the hit and getting into it with Barbashev. That's what got him the 10-minute misconduct, not the hit. The hit was perfectly legal, and I want to give kudos to Eddie O. Tremendous job on TNT breaking down that hit. And give the officials a break, because you see things live, and it looks dirty, and it looks like a headshot, but you look at the replay, the officials got it right. Eichel trying to control the puck, Kachuk had the right to hit him because Eichel had the puck. His head was down, but then Eichel initiated the contact. He toe-picked, drove himself into Kachuk, but Kachuk is so strong... Eichel still got the brunt of it. So in live action, it looks like it's all vicious on the part of Kachuk, but a lot of it had to do with Eichel. But either way, it was a perfect hit. And you thought maybe, just maybe, it might turn things because that's sometimes that's what can change a series. You know, at that particular point, the game may have been over, but you still felt like the Panthers could be heard from. And then after that hit... They start the third period, 14 seconds in, Lundell scores, and you're thinking, you know, maybe it, too little, too late for game two, but that'll wake the Panthers up and be careful come Thursday in Florida that the Panthers might be able to crawl their way back into the series, but it was not to be because right after Lindell scored, Marsha Show scores his second about two minutes later, and that put an end to anything, and it really squelched the rest of the game, and that was pretty much it for the Panthers, and Vegas is up two games to none. So good on them. They're two wins away from their first ever Stanley Cup, first time that they've ever won. 
more than one game in a Stanley Cup final. If you go back to 2018, they won the first game, only to lose the next four. So they're as close as they've ever been to a Stanley Cup. And boy, it's just been an amazing ride for them. Uh, who you know, Marsha Show might work his way into getting the cons. My theory, he's got 11 points, scoring on the power play. Um, certainly. The other thing I wanted to bring up was just how good Aiden Hill was because, as I mentioned, those eight shots on goal the Panthers had on their first two power plays, the reason the Panthers didn't score is because of Hill. Tremendous pad save, tremendous glove save. At one point, I think it was Eddie or Keith who said, they got to start shooting low on the guy. He's got the glove figured out, but even when they shot low, tremendous kick saves by Hill. And, boy, if Vegas wins the Cup, this could be a serious conversation of the importance of goaltending. Of course, it's it's something that's important. It's the last line of defense, right? But if the Vegas Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup, you're looking at back-to-back years in which Aiden Hill wins the Stanley Cup, Darcy Kemper wins the Stanley Cup. I mean, how crazy is that? This is also the first Stanley Cup final since 1969 in which... The goaltenders in the Stanley Cup final did not start the playoffs. And that's become a theme. Even when Holpe won the Cup for the uh, Washington Capitals back in 2018, he didn't start. Grubauer started. And then Holpe eventually in Game 3 was able to grab uh, the reins and then take it from there, and the Capitals went on to win the Stanley Cup. Now, listen, Vasilevsky's going to the Hall of Fame. Jonathan Quick's going to the Hall of Fame. So you need a good goaltender. But I almost think you need your goaltender to be great more than you need a great goaltender because the list of goalies that have won Stanley Cups, not particularly impressive when you start talking about history. You know, the Nikolai Hobby Bullins of the world, the Campbells of the world, um, like I said, Kemper, you take a look at uh, Aiden Hill possibly winning a Stanley Cup. It, 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 it's There's a lot of goaltenders that have won that I would not consider to be great goaltenders or Hall of Fame goaltenders. You look at Eddie Jockerman, you look at Henrik Lundqvist, and go, you know, Curtis Joseph, guys that were great goaltenders that didn't win Stanley Cups. And then you just have to be in the right place at the right time. A perfect example of that was Chris Osgood. Chris Osgood was a heck of a goaltender, won over 400 games, multiple Stanley Cups. Would never consider him a great Hall of Fame goaltender, but you played on those historically great Detroit Red Wing teams, and you got to take home some Stanley Cups. So when I'm building a team, and you look at the Rangers, when you know they feel good about who they have in goal, and and, and you look at the Islanders and who they have in goal, and you feel like that they have a great chance because of who is playing between the pipes. You know, Sorokin looks like he's going to be an all-time great, and he's already a finalist for the Vesna Trophy this year. Shesterkin has won a Vesna Trophy, but no Cubs. But the Hills, the Kempers, Hobby Bullins, Campbells, I mean, the list goes on. And Niemi, uh, you just start thinking of goaltenders that just happen to be on great teams. And the interesting thing about the Golden Knights, I mean, are the good old Golden Knights a historically great team? They're well-built but they're not the Detroit Red Wings. They're not the Chicago Blackhawks. But Hill's playing out of his mind, and right now he's just two wins away from winning a Stanley Cup for the Vegas Golden Knights and just an unbelievable start to what that franchise has been able to accomplish in their first six years as an NHL team. Just pretty incredible stuff. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. A couple other things I wanted to throw out besides the Stanley Cup. I need somebody to sit down and explain to me the momentum that is starting to build about Atlanta getting a third kick at the can for an NHL team. I need this explained to me. Gary Bettman kind of hinted. Uh, Daly mentioned it as well. Bill Daly, Deputy Commissioner of the National Hockey League, that third time around a little different. First time was back in 1972 with the Flames. They got a nice juicy deal from Calgary, and that certainly worked out. And the second time around was bad ownership, bad building, location was bad. I know Atlanta's a great sports town. They've got the Hawks. They've got the Braves. They've got the Falcons. And you want to add a fourth team, but you can add a fourth team in Houston. I think they deserve it more than Atlanta getting a third shot. And I did games at Phillips Arena. I did Thrasher games when I was down there with the Rangers. And there'd be 8,000 people in the building and 6,000 were rooting for the Rangers. Again, the team was bad. And the location was bad and all that. But do they deserve a third shot? I'd love somebody from Atlanta or somebody who thinks they deserve it to explain it to me. Over Kansas City, over Houston, over Portland. Heck, even a second team in Toronto. I think, you know, Quebec City. I know you don't want to have another team in Canada, but I think that would work a lot more than Atlanta. Now, then what do you do if Atlanta doesn't work again? Now, they know all the insides. They do the work. So they certainly know a lot more than I do, have a lot more information than I do. But from my naked eye, doesn't seem like it's going to work. And I could see other places. I've talked about it before on Game Misconduct in Houston. It's the 10th most populated city in all of the country. And you talk about a good sports town. They got the Rockets and they've got the Astros. You know, Houston is a, is a good sports town. Texans, they lost the team and got a team back. They have a history there in the old uh, WHA with the Houston Arrows and Gordie Howe and all that. Again, I don't have any rooting interest in it, but I just want it to work. So I'm kind of just interested when the Stanley Cup Final began, we didn't get a chance to talk about it at the beginning of the Stanley Cup Final, but why there seems to be this growing momentum for Atlanta. I'd really love to be able to hear from people. I'm ignorant on the subject, apparently, on why this seems to be a hot topic, but being around the sport as long as I have and getting to know Gary and Bill over the years, I can kind of tell when something's gaining momentum and being taken seriously. And boy, it feels like Atlanta is really being taken seriously. Uh, Congratulations are in order for a contract extension. Caulfield gets the big deal in Montreal. Makes sense, right? I mean, the kid is just great. Eight years, $62.8 million. Avoids restricted free agency. Got hurt last year. Otherwise, he was on his way to having a really spectacular season. Good young player. If Montreal is ever going to get out from under this, I think they've got the coach. I think Martin St. Louis is the guy. they got to hold on to the young players and get them while they can. There's no question I think this guy has a tremendous history, a tremendous future. And 
he should be able to recover from the shoulder surgery in January when he got hurt. I think it's a great signing for the Montreal Canadiens. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch Montreal eventually climb out from under this. It's hard to believe it was just a couple of years ago they were actually in the Stanley Cup final. That was weird. And now they've completely fallen apart since then. All right, Rangers coaching situation. Patrick Watt not being interviewed. Good. And if I'm a Ranger fan, I'm happy about that. This job's too important, man. It really is. If I'm Chris Drury, I, I just can't. I know that I understand he's got a relationship with him, just like he's got a relationship with John Hines. But, you know, Patrick Waugh has proven nothing as a head coach in the National Hockey League. Nothing. John Hines has never been out of the first round in his life as a head coach. You fired Gerard Gallant because he couldn't get you out of the first round when the expectations were you were going to make another run and at least go to the Stanley Cup final, if not win the whole thing. And now you're going you're gonna to talk to Patrick Waugh. Now, listen, how great would it be to have this historic figure be the head coach of the of the Rangers? Eh, great. Aesthetically pleasing, if you will. But does it make sense? Is he going to guide you there? And the other thing, too, he's fiery, man. He really is very fiery. Now, maybe that's what you want. Coming off what happened with Gallant, who was kind of a hands-off kind of coach. But that's one extreme to the other. And I think you just need experience. I, I think it's laying right out there for them. Peter Laviolette just seems to make perfect sense. It's the safe hire. He's got the best resume of any of the candidates that are available right now outside of Quinville, Quinville and Babcock. And if you want to explore Babcock, but they come with baggage. Babcock is not well-liked, has not coached in a while. There are players that have gone on record who felt that he was abusive. Now, that was a long time ago, and he's changed or at least he claims he has changed, but can you afford, if you're Chris Drury, where you cannot get this one wrong, be able to go again from one extreme to another, a disciplinary. Now, maybe it'll be like Tom Coughlin with the Giants, and he will learn the error of his ways. And he's still an excellent coach, Stanley Cup final with the Ducks in 03, Cups in, in, in Detroit with the Red Wings. He's won gold medals with Team Canada. You know he can handle stars. But is that the baggage you want to bring in when you can't afford to get it wrong? Same thing with Joel Quinville. Speculation is the reason the Rangers haven't announced a coach, since it looks like Peter Laviolette should be the guy, is they're waiting for Quinville to become available. But can you afford that kind of baggage and that kind of PR hit? Now, maybe they don't care about that because all they care about is the room, and we know he's a good coach. He's won three Stanley Cups. But A, we don't know if he's been cleared by the National Hockey League or will be cleared by the National Hockey League or even if he wants the job. Now, what I think is happening here is Chris is being smart. Well, why not wait for Joel Quinville to be available so I can talk to him, pick his brain? It's won three Stanley Cups, was a head coach in a big market, worked with Stan Bowman, had a chance to buy some of the groceries in Colorado and St. Louis. Why wouldn't I want to pick his brain? Why wouldn't I want to talk to John Hines? Good defensive coach. See, people always think that when you interview candidates, that they're automatically candidates. 
Sometimes you're just trying to pick their brain, trying to trying to see where they're coming from. Now, they're not interviewing Patrick Waugh because I just think there's too much pomp and circumstance involved in that. And you also don't want to lead him down the primrose path either. You want to show respect. If the guy's got no shot of the job, you don't want to waste his time. But you talk to Joel Quinville, and maybe he does sway you into being a selection. But I think as a general manager, I want to pick the brain of these guys because I don't want to get this wrong. I'm not saying that Chris Drury's job is on the line. But how many coaches do you get to pick? He picked Gerard Gallant, handpicked him. Lasted two years. Now he's going to bring in another coach. If that doesn't work, does he get a chance at a third? Does he deserve a chance at a third? So I like the fact that he's taking as long as he's taking. Good for him. Good on him. And we'll see. But it looks like it's going to be happening sooner than later the way Vegas is playing right now, up two games to none in the best of seven Stanley Cup Final Series. And by the way, teams that win the first two games at home in the Stanley Cup Final win the Cup 93% of the time. 38 out of 41. That's the hill the Florida Panthers have to climb to get back into the series. Let's hear from you at Don LeGreca, hashtag game misconduct suffering. Jim says, when will Bob Wischusen be a guest on the show? I got to tell you, Bob's got a lot of kids. One, two, three, four, five. That's how many kids he has. And they're all like graduating. They're all running track. One of them's running track in Oregon. It's very difficult to nail them down. Anthony will tell you, I've been on the phone with him trying to get him to my softball, my charity softball game, trying to get him on the show. I love Bob. He's the best there is and would love to be able to get him on maybe one of these days for sure. Scott says, have the Rangers considering not hiring a coach and just letting the players rotate coaching responsibilities like a shared captaincy it would save them from having to fire the new guy in two years after exit interviews <laughs> very funny scott oh i love our listener uh scott's a great guy scott is great troy how significant is playoff experience playing in these finals i could be wrong but aren't the stall brothers the only florida panthers who have been to a cup final while vegas's roster has several winners hey, listen you're never going to tell me that experience doesn't matter. Of course, experience matters. The question is, how much does it matter? Now, Eric Stahl won a Stanley Cup in Carolina in 2006. It's a long time ago. Different league, different game. He's a different player. You know, Mark Stahl played in the Stanley Cup final in 2014. That was nine years ago. Plus, I don't think their roles on the team are as significant as some of the other guys. Vegas is just very well built. They just are. They're an exceptional team. They just they rise to the occasion. You know, there's so many comparisons. Wonder if Anthony agrees with this between the Panthers and the Heat, which makes sense because they're both from South, South Florida and they're both eight seeds. But Vegas kind of reminds me of the Heat in the sense that they're so well built and so well coached and they get so much from their ancillary players. Because it's not all about Eichel, and it's not all about Stone. You know, Marsha Show contributes, Carlson contributes. You know, they've got their stars. Petrangelo's a star on the blue on the blue line for sure. Aiden Hill has played well, but look at what Brett Howden's been able to do. Like, they're they're getting contributions from so many different areas. So the comparison's always been to the Panthers and the Heat between the NHL and the NBA. The comparison's probably more the Golden Knights in the Heat by the way they're getting everybody to be able to play. Ross says, Rangers development woes proven again 
with improvement of Howden. It's just really opportunities. I don't think anybody, Anthony can you know remind me that anybody was jumping off a ship or off a plane or off the top of a building. Pretty sure they were driving him there, Don. When Brett Howden was claimed in the expansion draft by the Vegas Golden Knights. But you get the opportunity, and he's blossomed there. So is that that a negative to the Rangers? I, listen, I, I guess I can't really argue with you. But he's been given an opportunity with Vegas Golden Knights, and he's certainly taken advantage of it. But I don't think too many people saw these types of skills when he was here with the New York Rangers. He was traded, by the way. If you remember, our good friend Oscar Lindbergh. Oh, that's right. Oscar Lindbergh. Very good. Uh, uh, D. Simone and a fourth-round pick for Brett Howden. Okay? Very big. Yeah, that's uh, that didn't age well. Anyway, how about that was a regime ago. Harris says, uh, who has not been mentioned as the New York Rangers head coaching candidate and deserves serious consideration? Hmm. You know, we had somebody bring it up. I don't know if it was on the case show. I think it was on the case show, Anthony. Bob Hartley. He's coached over in the KHL, won a Stanley Cup with the Colorado Avalanche. Actually, we're just talking about Atlanta. Was a coach of the Atlanta Thrashers. Um, but that's really rehashing. Guy that has not been in the NHL, I think, since 2012. Um, I think they pretty, I think all the candidates have been pretty much been spoken for. Because um, Knobloch is a candidate. And I think a lot, there's a groundswell from Ranger fans who want to see him get the opportunity. Of course, he had the chance to be a head coach when uh, David Quinn had COVID in the bubble. Um, but. Uh, not really sure that there's really anybody else that I can think of off the top of my head. Lee says, what are your thoughts about why hockey has been so slow to accept the need for general managers and analytic teams to have more say in lineups, player usage, on-ice strategy versus other sports? Reasonable conspiracy theory that Drury and Gallant didn't see eye to eye there. Do we know that that's the case? Though? We don't know. We because don't know. Because every, almost every organization... Uh, Shana Goldman, who's now on Rights for the Athletic, right? Uh, she usually puts out every year what the analytics departments of all these hockey teams look like. I don't think there's a hockey team out there right now that doesn't have one. No, they do. It's just it's not to the baseball level. But I, I don't know that that's the case. That there was, uh, you have to cite an example of something that they were not doing. I just think it just came down to. The job wasn't getting done, and somebody had to pay the price for it. Now, there were some lineup, maybe the changing of the lines probably had something to do with it, uh, the lack of production on the power play a little bit later in the season. There's a lot of things to come down from the analytics, but uh, there, there's so many. When you look at the analytics, you know, Corsi and on all that, it's usually, you know, shot attempts and they I don't know how much. It plays into who plays where. What are you going to do with Panarin? I mean, Panarin was missing the net. I don't know if that's an analytics situation or just the fact that he wasn't living up to his expectations. But um, we did not hear that it's any kind of an analytic thing. But hockey does use – all sports have used analytics in some way. Hockey's probably a little less to it. I know Toronto and Edmonton, there may be more teams, but I know for a fact those two teams actually travel and analytic guys. So all the sports are getting there – Hockey might be a little bit slower than the other sports. Yankee and Penguins, hi, Don. What do you think about Babs going to Columbus? It makes sense. I was just talking about him for the Rangers. It's it's kind of a, a softer landing spot in the sense that there's not going to be a lot of attention there. 
there there's talent and he can work with some of the talent that they have there I think he can get a lot out of Patrick Laine. He certainly can get maybe even more out of Johnny Gaudreau. That does seem a destination for him. Uh, there has been no um, conversation or anything other than just speculation, but that isn't a bad possibility of him going there. Some news, Don, if you have We have news, take breaking a, news. A look. Oh, yeah. Uh, it looks like we've got a three-way trade with Babcock's uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Ivan Provorov going to Columbus. Walker and Peterson to Philly, and the Kings retaining 30% of Provorov's contract. Hmm. And Carter Hart could be on his way out of Philly as well. Keith Jones wasted no time. Do you think he's doing this in between the benches? I think he's <laughs> just texting. If, you, if, you, if there's ever a moment of silence during the Stanley Cup Finals, he's getting text messages. Is he doing the work right now? It's interesting because Carter Hart, he looked like he was finally going to be the first goaltender they've had since Hextall there. And he just had a really poor season. Now, the Provorov stuff, does that have anything to do, Anthony, where the subject that we really don't want to get too deep into, does that have anything to do with the fact that he got traded? I don't know. Maybe, possibly. I think he's a heck of a defenseman. I don't think that goes away if you go somewhere else, though. No. Uh, no it's, uh, By the uh, way, David Pagnotta at the fourth period with the news. All right. So that's interesting. That's interesting. So I like the three-team deals. I like uh, what's going on there with that. Donnell Weaver says... Hi, Don. Are you surprised that the first two games of the Stanley Cup Finals that the Golden Knights just wipe the ice over the Panthers in the first two games to take a 2 nothing series lead? I didn't feel that that was a dominant game one. I mean, it ended up being 5-2, but there was the empty netter. There was a 2-2 tie late. Uh, I thought that was a really competitive, fun game. But uh, I was was surprised last night by how poorly – the Panthers played as it's, st- and they started to show some frustration. But we'll see if things change once it goes back to Florida. All right, game three is there. I hate these staggered, but you know at least they're traveling, right? I hate having the extra day off when there's no travel. And Vegas and Florida, not exactly that close. So game three will be Thursday. So let's reconvene on Friday, shall we? We'll have three games under our belt. That sounds nice. Vegas might be a win away from winning the Stanley Cup. Maybe Florida climbs their way back in. No EJ, because with the time difference and he's doing the play-by-play, I'll see where we're at on Friday with him, because at least we'll be in the same time zone. So maybe we'll see if he's available to come on on Friday to kind of give us an update on the first three games and what's been going on with him. Haven't had a chance to hear any of his highlights, but I'm sure they're terrific with him and Kevin Weeks. So I think we covered a lot of bases, had a little fun today. Want to get in touch with me, at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. Boy, I wish the Rangers would name a coach already. That would be fun, but it's probably not going to happen until after they raise the cup. But we will talk to you again on Friday. Thanks to Anthony. Talk to you then. This was the Tuesday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.